there. So as we're looking at 9, 10, and 11, uh, I was thinking we'd read 11 this morning, but that means we'll start back in 10. Mostly in Scripture, chapters are horrible breaks. So I encourage you to read the text uh, and the chapters and verses just tell you what page I'm on in your Bible. But in chapter 1... Look over here, and I, and I didn't think to look this up in everybody's translation, but look at verse 5. Mine says, Through him and for his namesake we receive grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And in that text... And I'm asking for those of you, Don, what does yours say? Don't you have New American Standard? Okay, that'll be good. Read that. Read verse 5 in yours. Uh, verse 5 of chapter 1. That's okay. We'll wait for you to get there and let everybody else get caught up. Chapter 1, verse 5 of Romans. I have the new, the new version. The new version? Well, we have a new one? The, <laughs> not the, the one you were talking about, the new American version. Okay, we'll read it in just a second. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Okay, so yours doesn't have the word call, so I bet yours doesn't either. No, it says through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake. So the gospel is a message. Would you buy that? And it's a message that is to bring about a response. And so mine has the word call in there. So I want you to think about that word for a minute call well the idea is there we we say that we sing songs that say that the call of the gospel you buy that mm -hmm. the call of the gospel hmm well if the good news has a call what is it well that's what it brings about To follow him in the obedience of faith, not just obedience, the obedience of faith. So when he says the obedience of faith, what verse is that? Six or seven? Five. Five? Okay. So. What is it a call to? Verse 6 in mine says, you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. It's a call to belonging. Does your say call in verse 6? It does. Okay, so there you go. Verse 7 says called to be saints. So you're called to belong. To be saints is to be holy. To be holy from 
uh, a scriptural standpoint, anything that's holy belongs to who? You can have a gold cup and everybody can drink out of it till you sprinkle it with blood and the ashes of a heifer. And then guess what? Didn't drink out of it anymore. Not unless God told you to. Because at that point, guess who it belongs to? God. So there's this sense of belonging And I would say obedience, but he didn't just say obedience. He qualified the obedience. A command is a call for obedience. Well, God has commands. Well, if they're associated with the good news, if they're associated with the gospel, then they are a call. They're not just commands. God doesn't need stuff done. He doesn't need anything. God doesn't just want stuff done. It's our custom to build a building, so we got a place to gather and worship. We could worship outside. 90% of the time here, you'd get wet if you did, which is a good thing. But God wants us. God wants us to sit in this building on Sunday morning. Does he call us to worship him? Does the good news call us to worship him? Yeah. It's a call to obedience. And how do we qualify the obedience, Susie? It's the obedience of faith. So really, it's a call to what? Faith. And the obedience that comes from faith. Yes, sir? And trying to engage people on a very basic level, and as I used to teach in the prison all the time, voluntarily, uh, man, I ran into everything in the world. But I hear people talk like, well, I'm not, I'm not having faith in this world. I'm just not having faith. Well, do you believe you shouldn't have faith? <laughs> do you hear that? Believe in faith, same thing. Yeah, so you have faith and no faith. Yeah. What's the chance of you getting through this life merely on a physical, secular level without faith? 
Has anybody in here ever taken any medicine? Over the counter or with a prescription? Guess what that required? Has anybody in here ever pumped fuel in the vehicle from a pump that you didn't own that came from a tank that you didn't own and take care of? Then what are we talking about? You don't have a clue what they put in that gas tank down there. You don't have a clue. You don't have a clue what's in that bottle. You're looking to make sure it's blue or white or oblong or whatever. And the older I get, the more messing I have. I have to put my glasses on. But you, you don't know what's in there. You're trusting the person in some country wherever nowadays that put the stuff in the tub that got stirred up, that got squirted in the little deal, that got mashed down, that got distributed, that got sent to somewhere else, that they put it into a bottle and labeled it as something and sent it to somebody who's supposed to count it and figure it out. And a druggist gave my mom the wrong blood pressure one time and like killed her. Truth is, she never got over it. It was a week before I figured out what was going on. The only thing odd about it was the shape of the pill. Well, it wasn't the shape of the pill that did the damage. It wasn't the pill. So you don't get through this life without faith. The question is, what is your faith in? It's a call to belonging. It's a call to faith. It's a call not to faith that just takes a chance and rides with it. That, that just, no, it's, it's a call to faith that is submitted, that is submissive, that is directed. The gospel is trying to direct us. The gospel calls out to us of belonging. So what if something is a call? Think about that word. I know immediately, oh, I got a call. What do y'all think? Immediately. I got a call this morning. What are you thinking? Phone call. Now, they're not all of equal value, but necessarily a phone call. If there's going to be anything come from a phone call, what have I got to do with it? Because the very idea that it's a call just tells me it's going one direction. A call that's never answered is effective? No, it's not. No, it's not. I have to answer it. And so how am I answering? How, how call means answer it. Well, what have I got to do before I'm going to answer it? I can only decide if I want to answer it once I've what? Hear it. 
I got to hear it. See, yes, that, sir. That, that call of the gospel is a very personal call. I can't answer the call to you. You can't answer it to me. Oh, now this is a different deal, isn't it? When the call goes out, that's a choice, right? Whoever called you made a choice to call you. Get away from the computers. I've got texts from people in Texas about the border nonstop selection time. Someone who's calling you made a choice to call you. As it is, I've got to hear the call. If I don't hear the call, and I realize when you hear your phone, you're not hearing the call. You're hearing an alarm that tells you someone is calling. Okay? I've got to hear the call, and if I hear it, then I've got to make a choice. Am I going to answer it? Am I going to answer it? Somewhere, what, what determines, does anybody here answer every single phone call you get? No. We even electronically have the capacity, I'm working on a very minimum understanding level, but you know at the different times when I figured it out, and my phone doesn't alert me to certain people calling at all. Why? Because I've told it, we're qualifying this here. When people are trying to sell me something, mm, if I didn't initiate the business, I don't want to conduct it. So, nuh-uh. So who the call is from is a big deal, right? In regard to will I answer it, and in regard to, am I listening? So, Romans chapter 10. And sorry I didn't get the Wednesday night lesson posted yet on the podcast, but Lord willing, I'll do that after worship today. I've got it ready. I just don't think I got it posted. I might be wrong, but I don't think I did. So if you miss some of Wednesday night, you can go back and get it again. Uh, let's come down here to verse 16 of chapter 10. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. Remember I told you in 9, 10, and 11, he's talking, he's talking to, he's talking really about Israel and what happened? What happened with them? Well, what's, what's, what's the deal? The bro my brothers, the brothers of my own race, uh, the people of Israel, God gave them all the, all the advantage they could have. And chapter 9, verse 6 is probably an important text here. It is not as though God's word had failed. We think of the law of Moses as being a long list of what? Commandments. That's what we think. But really, guess what it was? 
It's a call. It's a call to what? To belonging. We just think of it as a list of stuff to obey. No, it's not. It was a call to the obedience. When did God ever, ever desire obedience that didn't come from faith? Faith is the only thing that pleases God. It doesn't satisfy God. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross satisfied God and his wrath and his sense of justice and righteousness. But obedience that comes from faith pleases God. By faith, Abel offered. By faith, Noah built. By faith, the prostitute Rahab hid. By faith, Abraham obeyed and went. By faith, Enoch walked. You getting the idea? Every single one of these 55 people that Alan referenced a while ago in Hebrews 11, guess what they did? They answered the call. They answered the call. Okay. It's not as though God's word had failed, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. God's, God's word didn't fail. Israel failed. How did they fail? Yes, sir? Yes, sir. Nope. Yep, yep, yep. Go ahead. You know, there's a good, there's a good seed, and then would you like me to read that section? Sure, go ahead. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. When the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears let him hear. That seed was still good, no matter what soil it fell on. The seed, the seed was good. And the seed in the parable, we did this Sunday night, because it connects to what we're talking about. Okay. And we call that the parable of the sower. It's really the parable of what kind of soil are you going to be. And it's not, well, audibly, I've got the best hearing in the room because what's involved, Don, in hearing? Listen. What's involved in listening, really listening? What's involved? What does the good soil stand for when Jesus explains the parable? A good and noble heart. So this obedience that comes from faith, it's not, it's not, it's from the heart, right? Romans 6, 17. Thanks be to God, though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly, you from the heart, obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You obeyed from the heart the gospel to which you were entrusted. God entrusted you to his call. His call gave you belonging. His call brought about faith. His call is, is expressing itself in, in your obedience that's from faith 
from the heart as you belong to God. Has always been this way. Israel, as we'll, as we'll, well, we read that Wednesday night. And he gets over here. I don't even remember if we read chapter 11 Wednesday night. We might have. But why, why was Israel as branches cut off? Uh, verse 20, Romans eleven twenty. Go back up to 19. But you will say branches were broken off so that we could be grafted in. He's talking to the Gentiles here. Granted, but they were broken off because of what? And you stand by. Oh. Oh. Paul will just say the word faith, and this is inherent in his use of this word. You don't, you don't have to look this word up in a dictionary. You just got to listen to Paul. He'll tell you how he's using it. And the use of a word always determines its meaning. The dictionary just tells you the most popular ways that it has been used. Dictionaries don't give words their meaning. They just tell you how they're used. And the writer's use of a term will define for you its meaning. And so when he's talking about we're justified by faith, he's talking about we're justified by faith that heard the call of the gospel for you to belong to God and you wholeheartedly submitted yourself to it. And that is what brought you to God through Jesus Christ. Baptism is not magic. It's historical. God's been cleansing with water. By the time he introduces Christian baptism, God's been cleansing with water for millennia. Water that he qualified. Water that touches and has, has about it whatever he said it had about it. It's not a new idea. But do we hear the call of that? Did Israel hear the call of that? So chapter 10, verse 16. But not all Israel, not all the Israelites accepted the good news. They didn't hear the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but God kept giving them hope. Hope in what? Hope in the king that was to come and the Messiah that was to come. Not all the Israelites accepted the good news. They didn't accept the good news. What's the good news for them? That God has a purpose for you. He chose you this tiny little teacup of flint rock, hard-headed, obstinate people but he chose them, and he chose them to hear the good news that a solution for all your sin is coming. A solution for your longing, which is to be with God, is coming. And the purpose I've given you on planet Earth comes out of the hope that I'm giving you. There's a lot of illustration in that. I hope you're making the application. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Isaiah 53, 
and verse 1. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And if yours said word of God, fine. Uh, I think that's a reference to the Latin text. The Greek says logu Christu. It is the word of and belonging to Christ. But in that word, mine inserts the word message. I like that because that's what he's talking about. That's exactly what Isaiah said and on the heels of what Isaiah said. It, it's not, I, Isaiah didn't say, Lord, they hadn't heard anybody preaching. They all had earplugs in. They didn't know anybody was talking. Their phones were all on silent. That's not what happened. They heard the word of God. What did they not do? They didn't answer it. They didn't answer it. They didn't let it produce faith in them that would produce submissive obedience in them that would, have, that would have catapulted them forward in God's purpose. They didn't do that. They didn't want that. They wanted what they wanted according to their own lust in a decent period of time. That's what they wanted. And they missed it. But I asked, did they not hear? Of course they did. Then he quotes the Psalm 19. Their voice has gone out into all the world, their words to the ends of the world. Again, I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses said, I will make you envious by those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. The call wasn't complicated. Anybody could have heard it. And God said, eventually, everybody's going to. Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands. The phone has been ringing all day long. All day long I have held out my hands. What is this? In regard to an in regard from person to person, we understand this. That's why it's put in these terms. When you, when you got kids, when you got grandkids, when you, when you turn your face toward them and you do this, what is that? It's a call to come to them. It's a call to come to them. Come to me. He said, all day long I have held out my hand. to a disobedient and obstinate people. You know why they're disobedient and why they're obstinate? We just read the answer in chapter 11. He's already answered the question over here in Isaiah with a rhetorical question. Lord, who has believed our message? Who has answered your call? Isaiah preaches for decades. Even when he's warning Israel about the judgment of the nations. Read the first ten chapters of Isaiah. Judgment, 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 judgment against all the nations. Israel and Judah included. 
Well, what is that? Isaiah says right there, this is what it was. I'm holding out my hands. I'm telling you. Darling, come here. If you don't get away from that, you're going to die. Come here. Oh, you're just trying to ruin my day. You just don't want me having fun. Get out of that and come here. Can you hear that call? As we go forward, I just want to underline that. And the gospel is what keeps the book of Romans together because it is what the letter is about. Because Paul said, I can't wait till I get there. When I get there, I'm going to preach it to you. Because I'm obligated just to Greeks and non-Greeks, that happens to be everybody on planet Earth, to the wise and the foolish, that's just emphatically everybody on Earth, I'm obligated to them to preach the gospel. And the gospel is a call. I hope that helps us. The call is sure and certain. The question is, will we hear it and will we answer? Peace. Love you guys. Take up there next time.